Welcome to Speak Sex. I am your host, Evie Eurydice. I am a Greek from the island of Lesbos, where the lesbians come from. I'm a writer on female sexuality, and I have started this podcast pretty much since the advent of the Me Too movement um, in my own quest to understand and then help everyone else understand the change in our definitions of our sexual boundaries, our sexual mores, our ways of relating to each other intimately, uh, and ultimately finding a methodology to bridge the split between body and mind that we inherited from, unfortunately, from our religion and our system and our patriarchy, so we can live more unified and happy lives together instead of apart, trying to meet, to meet somewhere in the middle. Um, so looking for like non-binary ways of living and being together, um, especially for women who I think can win our genetic advantage back through intimacy and sex. That's where we're stronger. <laughs> so today's guests um, uh, work in this field, and I'm very happy to have them with us. It, uh, they are a couple, uh, Michelle and Arnie Rosa. They are dating relationship coaches here in Miami. They have been supporting singles and couples, helping them navigate the world of intimate relationships, romantic relationships, dating, so that um, they can experience uh, empowerment and fulfillment in, uh, in romance. Um, they are both certified in the biological differences between men and women and how that affects couple interactions. So they'll tell us a lot about that because this is the first time I'm I have a show on this topic. So I'm super interested. The only thing I know is like that best-selling book, um, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, right? That's where it ended, <laughs> my knowledge. So, um, and you know, they're both young and beautiful and I want to hear their stories. So thank Thank you for coming, Michelle and Arnie. Um, Michelle also founded and, and runs a company uh, for relationships between women and helping women who are in relationships that aren't in a fulfilling relationship discover why that is and what we have found, which is what we're going to be talking about today is when we can understand the differences between men and women and embrace them rather than criticize them or judge them or even resist them. We can create those kinds of amazing relationships we've always wanted. And it's not hard work, but it does take work. And yeah, it takes, it takes work, work for sure. Yeah. But it also takes education, yes. which we don't get in school and we don't get in our youth. We don't get from our parents. Right. We should, I think, right? I think that, you know, people like you, one of your tasks, communal tasks, is to, to spread the word that they should start at an earlier stage, right? Yes. That there should be better sex ed in, like, elementary school or at home where kids have these tools instead of, you know, having to, like, unlearn mm -hmm. as adults what they thought they, they took for granted without really talking about it mm -hmm. and then relearn it, right, with, you know, and that's when they need to go to relationship coaches, sex coaches, classes, all that. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's mm -hmm. so interesting because so many times we're at the mercy of our, our past. Right. Whatever happened, you know, if you grew up in a household where there was respect and there was love and there was affinity, then you're more likely to have that. Now, if you grew up in a household where that wasn't there, 
than you think that's how relationships are. You know, it's kind of like raising kids. Nobody brings a manual, and it's one of the most important jobs in the world, right? So uh, a lot of times people do, and then the other thing is that people think, certainly in our experience, when we talk to couples, they think that they should already know. Like it should come natural, right? And so if you've had that kind of past or you've had the experience or you have high emotional intelligence for whatever reason, then you're more likely to succeed. And if you don't, sometimes not even as a fault of yours, then when, when you don't have that kind of emotional intelligence, then you're just left at the mercy of, your feelings or reactions or whatever that looks like. And to your point, yes, then that's where education really does matter and you can make a difference and turn things around and and have uh, have relationships that work. But you gotta, yeah. you gotta know, right? You gotta yeah. learn the skills. Yeah, and become conscious, both yes. of what you saw at home, which is not yours necessarily, but right. you've take, absorbed it. That's right. And conscious of what you believe in, because we, we don't really know until we have an opportunity to verbalize it, you know. One of the things that I, I try to um, discuss in the program is that sexuality is not morality, you know, that our morality is not, dis you know, determined but by what we do in bed with our partner at all. You know, morality is how we deal with each other in the outside world, um, but once we have a consensual relationship, our sexuality, for example, someone is gay or someone, whatever they are, has nothing to do with our morality. You know, we shouldn't be judged on that. We should be judged on our moral actions. Right. So uh, yeah. people confuse that so much because they don't think about it. Yeah, certainly sexuality, you can get more basic than your needs. Sexual, you know, whatever rocks your boat or whatever that is, right? Right. You can get but, more basic than human beings for that. And that's, I think, why you have so much of the, uh, the tension and the dichotomy between the uh, moral aspect of it and then what you like and what gives you pleasure and what you don't like and all that, right? So as long as they're consenting adults. Right. Then there's the other. Right. Problem. But then, like, everything should go. Anyway, okay. So backtracking. Um, I'd like to hear your story from each one of you, and then your story of getting together and doing this, <laughs> becoming experts, becoming experts. <laughs> so for me, um, my stories, I won't start from the very, very beginning, but I'll tell you as a child, um, from, the, from the age of three years old, experienced the first disappointment in, in love, right? Because my father died. Oh. I was very little. I didn't understand. All I understood was daddy's gone to heaven with the angels and you have to be a good girl. And that was the first time in my life where I can recall that I started realizing there's something, there's something wrong. And fast forward, my mother ended up falling in love again. We moved to Miami. We were, we were in New York with my dad. She fell in love with my stepfather. They had my younger sister. And that relationship was a very, you know, our, there was a lot of arguing. There was a lot of screaming. <laughs> I remember that. And that's how I learned you communicate through fighting, through screaming. The louder you are, the better your point gets across. And then everything is calm. So going back to what you were talking about. And then that marriage ended. And wow. time, we didn't... How old were you then? Uh, about 12 years old, 13 very formative years, yeah. all of those years. So then uh, when my mother got divorced, she very quickly got into another relationship. And at that time, we weren't aware of it. Now we're very aware of it, that she's, she's diagnosed bipolar manic depressive. And she started drinking as a way to um, medicate. Yeah, self-medicate. Mm -hmm. We didn't know it at the time, but a very 
you know, what seemed like a somewhat normal life, because even though she argued a lot with my first stepfather, he always treated us like we were his, his girls, and, you know, there was abundance of everything, and then this whole shift in our life happened, and unfortunately, this man was also an alcoholic, used to beat her, and so now there's this new experience in relationship. They're violent, it's scary, be careful what you say, what you do, all of that. So we eventually had to leave our homes, and I went to live with my uncle, my aunt, and my twin sister, my younger sister, went to live with my first stepfather. And, um, and at 17, I got pregnant. And I got pregnant, and we got married. Wait, wait, wait. You got pregnant by your high school sweetheart? My high school sweetheart, yes. I got pregnant by my high school sweetheart, and um, we got married. We loved Oh, you other. got married. Okay. We loved so you other. were married at what, 18? Or? At 17. 17? Get, like, the papers signed by my uncle, mm -hmm. my aunt. Yeah, it was That's when you lived with your uncle, when yes. this happened. Yes. And so we had our first child. And, you know, we were kids. Having kids. Having kids, pretending mm -hmm. to be adults. Mm -hmm. And all the skills that we had, going back to your first point, were what we observed. Mm -hmm. That's what we had, and we were repeating that. And that didn't work then, and it wasn't working here either. Yeah. And I took on um, really being the, the man in the relationship. And I can see that now. I couldn't see it then, but he had issues with keeping a job, so I had three. And then we had our second child, and I'm working three jobs, and he's in and out of work. And it started to create in me a lot of resentment, um, a lot of disrespect. The way I treated him was disrespectful. The way he treated me was disrespectful. It was not a happy relationship. And 12 and a half years into it, he had a, an affair, and that was the end of that. That's when I finally got the courage because my self-esteem was so low. That was the point that I said, okay, this is my way out of this. And... Twelve and a half years is a very long it is time, a long time. Yeah. especially because you're still growing up. You know, I mean, you grow up until you're like in your mid twenties. So, yeah. in the midst of raising children, mm -hmm. and you're already so wounded. Yes, mm -hmm. and then I come out, you know, single mom now, raising two kids, into a world where this thing called online dating had manifested mm -hmm. while I was, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? Very excited, mm. very hopeful mm. for something different. But that that wasn't the case. It wasn't the case. I met some nice guys, and I met some guys that weren't so nice, and some I should have never been with. And I kept experiencing the same thing over and over again. And what I was experiencing was attracting men that were not interested in being in committed relationships. I was attracting men that had some sort of drama going on to, in their life, right? This whole thing of drama followed me into these relationships and several of them, the majority of them I would say that I was dating, had some kind of addiction, whether it was too much alcohol or some other type of drug, you know, pot, pills, whatever. And I was so... So it was like a codependent situation that you were totally, perpetuating. Totally. Mm -hmm. and it was my past being repeated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here we are again, right? Yeah. And You're going to enable anybody. <laughs> and they were all some, so that's what they had in common. The third thing a lot of them had in common, they were either in the end of a relationship, recently divorced, or just out of a breakup. All of them. Wow. That they all had in common. So there was something there as well. And uh, five years into that experience, I was just like devastated. Devastated and completely disillusioned and... Um, I remember thinking, what is wrong with me? I can create success in 
my business, Work. with my kids. I have these great friends and family, this amazing life. And in this area of love, I'm failing and I'm failing hard. And um, had a conversation with a coach that I was working with at the time. And he asked me, you know, what do all those men have in common? And I said, well, they're men, you know, with an attitude. And he said, well, what else other than biology? And without even thinking, without a second's hesitation, I said, well, they're liars, they're cheaters, and they don't know what they want. Just like that. Like, mm-hmm. And then he said, well, what else? And I said, well, and I shared some of the commonalities they had. And he kept asking me what else. And at some point, he asked me what else. I'm like, I don't know. What do you see that I don't see? He said, you. You are the common denominator. These people don't even know each other. Mm-hmm. And so I asked him, well, what's wrong with me then? That I keep attracting this kind of guy. And he said, that's the wrong question. Mm-hmm. It's not what's wrong with you. It's who am I for myself? And how am I showing up that has that kind of man be attracted to me and be me be attracted to that kind of man? Right, yeah. And that was that's one of the, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think like for a woman, it's very important because we always say like, why, you know, why am I attracting this kind of person instead of why am I choosing to be attracted? Why am I attracted to this kind of person? Exactly. So we like rob ourselves of agency at the get-go. Mm-hmm. You know, we're already like the damsels or the objects of desire or whatever, and they are the ones doing the choosing. And, you know, so it, turning it around is like the first step, I think, to s- some sort of consciousness. You, tr- you make the choices, yeah. And um, so there was a lot that was not working in my relationship with myself that I went, I started doing that discovery process about, well, why is that? And started uncovering all these inherited conversations and inherited beliefs and what I had created myself and chose to believe. And, um, and as I started peeling that apart, um, I started to attract a better quality man. Enter, Arnie. <laughs> we have a better man with us today. <laughs> However, Arnie still was, he was not interested in being in a committed relationship, although we had a lot of chemistry, we really got along together, we get, you know. So you guys met like on a dating app or something? Sure. <laughs> so we did, we did a, we did a transformational seminar and, uh, and we were in one of the follow-up sessions. And so that's how we met. And I remember her in front of the room saying men are cheaters. What is it? Oh, you did all that? <laughs> and it's funny because in my world as a guy, I was like, man, she's cute. I'm going to break that horse. I want to <laughs> I'm gonna go after her. I want to see what's going on. She was a challenge. And uh, my my past was I was, I was going to be the eternal bachelor. You mm. know, I didn't have to. Why would I you know, settle down? And I get to do what I want when I want. And I don't have to have anybody tell me what to do, how to do it, or anything like that. Um, unlike Michelle, my parents are still married, so mm. from, uh, you know, not a perfect uh, marriage, but then which which marriage is? Right, that's but, right. Uh, my parents managed to stay together; they still are. You know, I have a sister, so I, I have a pretty um, stable pretty stable mm-hmm. relationship with my parents. So that's what I grew up with. A model, yeah, stable model. Uh, but thought I thought I was gonna be, you know, be the eternal bachelor until I met my match over here. <laughs> And that's how we met. And so, but so what was the seminar about? Transformational what? It was transformation. It's called Landmark. It oh, yeah, Landmark. I know Landmark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And so it was, uh, it's transformational. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well we started, it was a rocky relationship because I, I was clearly interested in her. Um, I was very much attracted to her, not only physically, obviously, she's beautiful, but then also the, her being, who she was, what she was up to. 
Uh, you know, she was up to making herself better, her family better, um, things like that. But then I wasn't ready to commit yet. And so I had this tension between she's awesome and I don't want to commit just to her, you know, and then how do you how do you navigate that? Right. So that's how that's how where she got me. That's where we're at. How long did that last? The seesaw. It was about three or four months. We yeah. were oh, that's a very short and, time. Yes. And then at that point, we were having a conversation one day and it came up organically. And I said, yeah, I still really want to be in, in a relationship. I want to get married. And he said, yeah, nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of started to go out. Um, well, so we, we dated and then we stopped, kind of like broke it off. And it wasn't like even we broke it up because then you might want to talk about this, but in her world, we were in a relationship. In my world, as a guy, I was just dating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I was yeah. still, this was actually right around the time that I had started talking to my coach about this. So I started to, it looked like a relationship. And this is what I teach women, right? It might look like a relationship because you're seeing each other all the time. You're together all the time. Um, we had started having sex already, but it wasn't a relationship. And that's when he said, nothing has changed over here. My light bulb went on and I said, what do you mean? Nothing has changed over here. He I don't understand. He still wasn't interested in being in a committed relationship. Oh, okay. Right? So you so asked him. No, we, we, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but that conversation came up. We were in that course, so it might have been a... Well, people at some point say, are we exclusive? I mean, there is a moment, a pivotal moment, yeah. I might add, yeah, I when one of the two has to pop the question, are we ready to be exclusive? Yeah, we train women not to do that because it puts you in a position, it just takes away your power. Um, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I remember I was expressing something, it might have been something around the program, and then he said, yeah, nothing has changed. And for me, something clicked. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're still, like, you're still thinking that this, like, yeah. there's no commitment here. And he's like, yeah, but he had said that from the beginning. And I had heard it, but I did what a lot of women do, which is I heard that and I thought, yeah, that's because he hasn't gone out with me. But when he said it this time, I heard it. And I said, well, you know, well, if that's the case, then we can't see each other anymore mm -hmm. because I'm starting to really fall for you. I'm falling in love with you. And as much as I wish that you were where I'm at, clearly you're not. And um, even though I love you, I love me more and I, I'm going to move on. And it was the first time I had ever said that because usually my old way would have been to try and convince him about how awesome I am and how great <laughs> it is. And don't you see how awesome we are together? You're going to miss out. You're going to miss out on that. And it was the first time that I, um, that I actually said, no, you know, I'm choosing me. And we stayed mutual friends because we were part of a, like a mastermind group together. But it was like friends like that. And we had that conversation. It's like, it's friends, like friends, like no friends with benefits. You know, that that's it. I'm not going to put myself in that position and, and risk more than I have to. And then I just kept dating other guys that were great guys. And as I kept... So you met them how? How did I meet them? Mm -hmm. If some of them I met at, um, at the, 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 at Landmark, some of them I met online, some of them I met um, through people introducing me to different men, some mm -hmm. of them I met um, if I was somewhere with my girlfriends and somebody came over and talked to me. So there was no like one way to do it, um, but I did keep dating and at one point I was dating like five guys and it was the first time I'd ever dated so many guys at the same time and it was all dating and that that was it and then eventually the funnel started getting thinner and I started dating one person exclusively 
um, that still wasn't committed. But this time I was like, you know what? I'm going to see where this goes with this guy. And I actually told him, I said, I'm not going to be with anybody else. And he said, I'm not going to be with anybody else. And I said, and I said this to him and I hand on the Bible. I said this to him. And should the opportunity come up for me to have what I really want, I'm going to go for it. Because I was very clear that in my heart that I wanted to find the person I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And I wasn't willing to silence that anymore. And so as God would have it, <laughs> not luck, two weeks later, um, he mentioned that he had had a change of heart and he called me. Yeah, mm -hmm. then, during okay, time, one second. Was, How long was that while, while you were separated and you were... Okay, a short time. Mm -hmm. But then during this time, we still saw each other at least once a month. Mm -hmm. And then I was I was stuck in a place of, I can't live with her, I can't live without her. <laughs> you know, because every time I saw her, then of course I, I, I had fallen for her, so I loved Michelle, I thought she was awesome. And, and then so I had to deal with myself around, what do I have to do over here with me so that I can win this wonderful woman? Because... It already said, and she wasn't like pressuring me. It wasn't like, Arnie, you got to do this. She just said, this is what I prefer. This is what I want to commit a relationship. And if not, we're not going to be together. That's just the way I see it. This is what I want. And so I had to deal with, with what a lot of guys deal with, which I think if you go, if you go the, the, uh, like the standard route, right? If you're going to be in a mutual exclusive relationship with someone, I think a lot of women, one of the things that when I talk to women, I, I have them seeing it. I think it comes more natural to women than it does to men. And that is the moment we commit to one woman, we're almost going against our own biology. Because if you take it all the way back, back in the day, you know, you go back, I don't know what, two million years, whatever it is that we've been around, you're here to spread the seed, you know, to procreate the seed. Right, that's right, yeah. And so as a guy, that is what your natural instinct is. That's right. And the moment your consciousness takes over and says, you don't have to do that, you can actually have a different outcome and you can actually be with one woman, but that it's almost so there's a tug of war between mm -hmm. the guy's natural impulse and then what you're gonna say. So that old adage, you know, which head are you thinking with? It comes, to, but, and, and I explain that a lot to women because um, a lot of times I don't think women get the uh, big deal that it is for a guy to commit to one woman. Right. You know, I think biologic is a lot easier for a woman to do that because obviously, you know, if, if you're rearing children, you know, there's a whole mess of biological things that we can get into later on that make, it makes it a little bit easier for a woman to commit to a guy and be there, you know, hormones included and all that. But for a guy, it's a big deal to say that and to do that. So that's what I dealt with on my own. Well, just to make, make it clear, for heteronormative, we're talking about the very cliche heteronormative masculinity and femininity because there are plenty of women who present as men and just want to have, uh, you know, anonymous sex or countless partners. And there are plenty of men who are like serial monogamists. And that's what gives them comfort, knowing that they are, you know, together exclusive each time. Sure. So it happens. But yeah, yeah. like when yeah. you speak about the ancient animal <laughs> that we all come from. Um, and again, even that, you know, I just want to, you know, it, is a little footnote, um, you know, before patriarchy, there was matriarchy. So if you go a little further back in unwritten history, you know, yes, men will, they are compelled to spread the seed and have as many uh, children as possible. But also women are compelled to take as many uh, partners as possible until they get impregnated. So at that, you know, ancient, like prehistoric uh 
men and women level, they were pretty similar in the need to impregnate. That was the main drive. The woman would take uh, as many, you know, as many men, one after the other, often, because the man would pass out, you know, fall asleep, and then someone else would have heard the orgasm and come for his turn and so on until she get pregnant, which still happens in the animal world during the mating, you know, the, when they're in heat, during the mating season. Um, and then the man would just kind of like continue since they didn't get impregnated. That's the telling difference. The man would continue trying to get as many women pregnant as they could. So that's where we're all kind of coming from. Um, and we've come a long way because we're much closer to like the repression yeah. era <laughs> than that free willing era. But yeah, so it, it's well, it, there was a high risk during that time too, right? Oh yeah. Well, you didn't. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what yeah. they were doing for. I don't know what they were doing for like STD. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, to get everything evolves at a particular point, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so man has to fight his kind of like urge or compulsion to sleep around, right, in yeah. order to commit. And what's the perk <laughs> for him? <laughs> well, the the perk is stability. At some mm -hmm. point, the perk is more intimacy. You know, um, and then the perk is uh, really creating a future of value. You know. Uh, and then meeting the person that's going to kind of like fulfill you or at least kind of match you, you know, kind of like the, your other better half, the, the good. Um, so, I mean, that's a perk for me. I can only speak for myself. I certainly with my, my friends that I've talked to, there's a trade-off, right? Uh, because I also remember that when I was by myself, you know, there's this notion that as a guy, you can go around and sleep with all the women you want and all that stuff, which the possibility is there, but it doesn't mean that it's happening. Like the possibility is a reality every day. So it wasn't that every day I went out and I slept with five different women every day, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, that's another thing that, you know, they don't tell guys is that when you have a steady partner, you have a much better, much more... Uh, you know, much richer supply of sex. Yes. Maybe not the <laughs> the quantity of partners, but definitely the quantity of the sexual pleasure. Because you don't have to work that hard for your sex. It's assumed. You know, you don't have to like wind them and dine them and like impress them with your jokes and your stories and your outfits and whatever, your history. <laughs> you, right? All that hard work. And then maybe still be left hanging. So, I mean, that's like a big perk, in my opinion. Like, you know, you're going to get some. But it's interesting, right? It's like the difference between the myth and the reality. Right. A lot of what we do, we we operate under an assumption, under a myth, and it's not the reality that we that's that's what's actually there. Yeah. You know, I think as human beings, right. we're kind of interested in that one. Right. Well, I think the myth, you know, is perpetuated by like these, you know, wealthy guys or whatever celebrities or all that stuff that we see around in the TV that people aspire to, but if you look closer. Like 90% of that is transactional sex. You know, it may not be that someone is, a, you know, hiring a prostitute, but they can afford to pay, you know, some token, in some token way, which um, the common man just cannot. So, you know, when it comes to actual authentic sexual desire and how much a guy, how many girls a guy can get, um, without all the extra stuff, you know, uh, his uh, money or his fame or whatever else he can offer the girls. It's not many people. Just, no. it's not. Because you need time. <laughs> it takes time to convince her. It does. It does. Yeah. And if it wasn't like that, there would be a different world, right? Oh my God, uh, yes. Yeah, definitely, you do need We're time. already overpopulated. <laughs>
Anyway, I'm sure there's some guys out there that are doing it every day and getting it their way, but uh, <laughs> certainly not the vast population wow. of us, you know? There yeah. Of course, always the outliers, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if you look a certain way, but it's not going to last that long with all that sex that I've been <laughs> It isn't. And there's something to be said. You know, it's funny because everybody talks about, you know, the first thing when you talk about relationships, the first thing that comes to mind is sex, right? Mm -hmm. But how much of the time that we're together are we spending having sex? Yeah. You know, we're not like bunnies. Certainly maybe the first yeah. few weeks, months, or, or something like that. But then after a while, when you get used to one another, it's less. You know, it's just it's just like the natural progression of relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And so if your relationship is only based on sex from the beginning, then that's a problem. That's a big problem. Because, I mean, if everything else falls in line, then that's great, you know, because a strong, a powerful relationship, a sexual mm -hmm. you know, um, affinity, it's great because then the other, the other part of it is powerful. You can have a wonderful person that you love and all that, but then if your sex part is lacking and that's important to you, because if it's not important to both of you, then that's a different story. But if it's important to you and it's not there, then, of course, the, is there's a, less fulfillment in the relationship, right? But then how about the other, I don't know, what, 90% of the time? What are you going to do? You, you better like each other because you're not, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Right. And th that's a great point. You know, even if you have a very active sex life with your partner, let's say you're awesome and you that goes on for an hour, two hours a night, and you're having it know, three or four times a week, right? That's, that's eight hours. What are you going to do with the other <laughs> yeah. hours of the week that you're living with this person, even if you're not living in the same house, that you're connected with this person, that you're being with them? And then when you talk about marriage, yeah, you better really like the person you're thinking about saying yes forever to. Yeah. Forever is a yeah. really long time. Right. And so there's got to be, yes, great sexual chemistry, but then there's also has, has to be connection on other levels, whether it's, you know, spiritual emotional the psychological that you connect on those levels intellectual and yes intellectual very much you have to like everything because that's mm -hmm. another misconception mm -hmm. you, don't, you know if i like yoga and he doesn't like yoga that is not like at the end of the day when yeah. the shit hits the fan yeah <laughs> the, you can have separate hobbies <laughs> uh, at, at a level of values though it is important mm -hmm. that your values are a match that you respect them yes and you may not agree on everything mm -hmm. but if it goes completely against your value what your partner stands for or what your partner believes in that's going to be a problem one of the things that you know when as we move like now into more the conversation more about relationship than than sex is what i tell women all the time is and i think that many women um at least in my experience and i have coached women for I mean, I've been coaching for over 30 years, specifically in this area for the last 11 years, and I have clients in every corner of the world, right? In South Africa, to Israel, to the UK, to Switzerland, and here domestically. And one of the main issues that women have is we don't give ourselves enough time to get to know the person we say we're falling in love with. We just don't give ourselves enough time to get to know who this person is. Mm -hmm. What's their character? What are their values? What mm -hmm. is this person? First of all, is this person even interested in something with me? Are they interested in me? And more importantly, how do I feel when I'm with this person? Am I being myself? Do I feel suppressed? Am I pretending on something? Am I pretending? That's a huge one. Yes. Yeah. And that, so the focus. Because like this idea of blind love is exactly that. Yeah, the hallmark. <laughs> You're blind to yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's sometimes people fall in love at first sight. That's not usually the case. Mostly love is developed over time and it's time spent together getting to know each other. So that has been the thing that with my clients, I really, you know, 
I was just coaching somebody today and she was met somebody a week ago and she's already freaking out because he's not texting her. I'm like, <laughs> why are you giving like all your power away to this person who you met? A, by the way, haven't even met in person yet. That oh. is, that is right. They, they met online and they've been talking oh, you know, know. They moved from the chatting to the talking. It's like that now is an opportunity for you to go. Where is that coming from? Because it's not about him. This is another insert man, right? Insert person situation. Could be anybody. So look inside and figure out what are the, the beliefs I have about myself that has me clinging to something I don't even know about yet. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, a lot of the work that we well, do. Well, a lot of women are like, you know, uh, addicts to approval because that's, you know, you, you're raised this way. So your mom, your dad have to approve you. You know, the way you look, the way you speak, you're being a good girl. You're such a nice girl, you know we train our kids with like no 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 and then when we obey everything it's like yes so we take our real self out of the equation and we just do what will get us the approval and we forget what we like because that's not what we're asked you know when we're little children it's not like well what do you want to do <laughs> you know who you feel is what you feel is right it's like, this is right, do it, good job, good girl, you know. So that kind of like pat on the shoulder, you know, haunts us and follows us in adulthood. And I think a lot of women just love to be liked. They loved, they love the approval of the, of the guys, you know. And then, of course, it's the huge myth of uh, falling in love, you know, which... You know, is 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 a huge money maker. I'm sorry, in American capitalism, no, you know, Disney be. movies, all that stuff, right? So, for speaking of like ancient history, for I don't know, untold centuries, until you know, until the Romance era, marriage was based on anything but you know, sex and intimacy. It was like, okay, you come from a similar background, the families have a similar amount of money, we can afford you, they can afford, you know, to give you the dowry, blah, blah, blah. It was chosen by, like, the elders, the matchmakers, everybody would come together and, like, put their heads down and say, this has a good chance of surviving. To either bring empires together or to avoid war. Right, right, to avoid war, to, exactly, all kinds of reasons, geopolitical peace, but let's strategy, do with it, like each other nothing, or not. nothing to do with you that. know, they're yeah. like, whatever, you, they'll be naked in bed, they'll make babies. <laughs> and, I mean, okay, that was extreme because women were chattel, you know, because the women were like literally passed as objects among the men. There is something to be said for making that huge decision on, you know, on issues that are not sexual. Um, but instead, because of this whole, you know, myth of like blind love and could the fodra and, you know, I just fell hard for him. All this falling, falling. Like, why are we falling? <laughs> right? We should be rising. So, um, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how, you know, and, and I think that that's how we're, were trained to give sex an extraordinary amount of unnecessary importance That's right. and all the other aspects that really are going to you know come into play in a marriage much less importance they pale you know they pale in comparison so you know oh my god you know he makes me come oh my god he's amazing he loves me he calls me i don't know whatever the nickname of the moment um that's it we're meant to be together what meant what does that even mean? Speaking of meant, nothing. It's meaningless. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's like you know, sex is important because it certainly is, and it's important to the level that's important to the to you as a person and to the couple. 
you know, because there are couples that sex is a, is a big deal for them. It's important that kind of intimacy is, is essential. And then there's other couples that are not as interested. They're perfectly happy with having sex once every three months. If that's what works for them, that's what works for them. So it's not like to, to, to take away the importance of sex, because it certainly is if it's that important to you. But at the same time, to your point, yeah, it's not the only thing. It's not the only right. thing you can base. And, and once you're there, it's very natural. You know, and it's uh, you don't do have to do a lot of thinking, you know, where the other parts of the relationship, there is a lot more of consciousness and awareness that you have to bring in. And as anybody who's ever been in a relationship, you got to know when when to engage and when not to engage, you know, in an argument, because you can certainly turn everything into an argument or you have to want to give the other person space. And and something that's really important to Michelle and I, it's personal responsibility. You know, I think we've we've come of age where so much of our issues are finger pointing and it's all oh, it's because of my dad or it's because my mom yelled at me when I was yeah five. exactly yeah or it has to do with uh, a society or this or the uh, hierarchy of uh, I don't know wherever we're in and what we're, we've inherited and where do you come in where does your personal responsibility come in because if you really look at anybody that's successful at anything that they do in life they've taken the bull by the horn so to speak and now they say this is going to go this way because I say so and then you deal with whatever breakdowns come around you know that's right but yeah it doesn't happen when you're sitting back being a victim so you're going to be responsible be a victim to life yeah and and I I think that's such a great point you know my sister and I we usually say here we are being dating and relationship coaches when you look at our past and I shared a little bit of it you know a very quick version of it we should be the poster children for relationships that don't work not the coaches that are coaching women on really how to make a relationship work because if I was going to be given by everything from my past and what I saw what I experienced what I believed up until the time I was 35 then I wouldn't be in the relationship that I'm in right now which is a completely fulfilling relationship with someone who I respect and adore. Thank you, honey. You're welcome. And, and, mm-hmm. and that I feel that he feels that for me too. And that I don't ever, and it's what I always wanted, I don't ever have to wonder how he feels about me. And he doesn't even have to say it because he shows it in so many different ways. So if I was still living based on, oh, because my mother, oh, because what my stepfather did, oh, because I got pregnant when I was 17, I wouldn't have the life that I have now. Right. And one of the things we do with our clients, you know, yes, it's important to heal the inner child, but at some point you need to set that child free so she could go play. And now nurture the woman who's here, nurture the man who's here. And what does that woman want? What does that man want? Free from all everything that happened in the past in this moment now what is it that i want based on who i believe myself to be and we will always make choices in our life based on who we believe we are right not on what others think about us it's yeah yeah and and it takes time and work so what you did i mean you guys yes. are kind of like role models for your clients and what you did is first you did the work you went to the classes you did the seminars you practiced you know you failed you tried again so that's very important it just doesn't you know you don't listen i mean listening to podcast is good (laughs) yes but you know just one hour is not enough you really have to be conscious and to practice and you know every step of the way not not kind of like giving to habit right um but make a decision what you want and how you want to who you want to be how you want to express that. Um, do you guys have like, uh, you know, the five top, uh, 
rules of a good dating or successful match or sure. I think we should speak to that. But can I just address something yes, that you said? Yes, because yes. it's not only what you've done, but it's an ongoing thing. Right. I think people think that, oh, I'm married, this should be it. Right, on the right. contrary, that's the start. Yeah. Right? And marriage, you work on everything. One of the things that Michelle and I are very keen in telling our, our, the, the people that we coach and when, whenever we speak in public is, look, we do have a great relationship, and, but we work on our relationship all the time, and it's not perfect. Right. It doesn't mean that we don't argue. Now, we have rules, what we call rules of engagement. From the first time that we got together and we we're going to make it work, we said, here's what we're not going to do. We're not going to yell at each other. And we're not going to call each other names. And we're not going to insult each other. Respect above all. Mm-hmm. That's something that works for us. You know? I think it's a pretty good golden rule. <laughs> it works yeah. because, and particularly if you have children, because you don't want your kids to grow up in a household where the mother turns to the guy and says, the father says, you're such an asshole. And then he turns back and says, well, don't be a bitch. And, and like that, you know, right. because then that kid's going to grow up thinking that he can turn to any woman if he's a boy or if he's a girl, it doesn't matter, right? And then say, hey... You know, I'm going to turn around and tell you that you're a fucking bitch. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not going to go well. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's not going to go well with the social contract that we're all, you know, so Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to put that yeah. in because it's yeah. not about being perfect. It's about consistency mm-hmm. and about working. And then when something, there's a break, then then go back and say, okay, what did I say differently? Well, how could I have handled this differently? Right. And then commit to, to working it out. And yeah. the moment you make a mistake, emphatically go back and say, I made a mistake. You know, and, and then make amends about it. You know, don't yeah. just step over it and pretend and hope the other person forgets. Most of the time, people don't forget. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. What it does is it just, when you do that, and this we coach people on this a lot, is when you keep sweeping things under the rug, eventually it's going to pile up. And then when it piles up, it's probably going to explode. And that's why people feel that they're not heard and they're not seen in their relationship Well, you're not showing up. So you need to show up. Now, on the opposite end, you can't just say everything that comes into your head because mm-hmm. your voice and your head should not always be on loudspeaker. Don't believe everything you think. Exactly. <laughs> certainly don't articulate it. Yeah, even, even, so, even more so. so Do exactly. not. So adding that, what Arnie was talking about earlier, the emotional intelligence, the self-moderation, the self-awareness to know, like, okay, Arnie did that. That may not have anything to do with me. I know he's stressed out from work today. I don't have to have a 10-minute conversation. We need to talk. That's, by the way, rule number one is don't ever tell a man we need to talk. Because <laughs> <laughs> it scares him off. It scares him off. It's a really bad thing. But so what do you, how do you open? How do you start? <laughs> if I have a conversation with Arnie, I usually will tell him early in the day, honey, there's something that I want to talk to you about. It's about, and I'll tell him what it is about. Um, so when would you like to talk about that? Because I don't want to spring it on him just going now into the, the, the way that the man's brain works and the way that the women's brain works. We're both very highly intelligent people. If you mm-hmm. look at a brain, it looks the same in a woman as mm-hmm. it does in a man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So oh yeah. Hallelujah. Machine. Uh-huh. Right. And then you see that there are different areas of the brains that light up in women that exactly oh yeah (laughs) we're smarter in short she's trying to say (laughs) (laughs) what we do is this is what we do really well and men can do it too but it just takes them longer and women can misinterpret this so this is a good thing for dating and relationships so the more emotional the conversation is the the more the men Shuts down. <laughs> to process all of that. That's right. Women, <laughs> yeah. We have seven areas of our brain between both hemispheres that can communicate emotion, processing, and then verbalizing. Men have two. 
pobrecitos. Is because it's so highly emotional that the brain, at least I can only speak for myself because this is the only brain I've ever had. <laughs> But it's it's almost like you want to say something and you can't. You cannot articulate it. Like you're overcome with emotion. So you just walk away because what are you going to do? Sit there and stare at somebody? You really can't. So... But don't misinterpret that like the guy doesn't care or he just, no, it's like we do need that time to let things go. And I think women listening would, would, would really relate to and turn in your experience. So like basically your, your processor is overwhelmed. That's what you're saying. That's a good way of saying. Of so like the, the, the woman's processor process. is not at all because we have the seven yeah, we, we are emotional. Feeling and expressing. Feeling, right. saying, exp like we So if it's like turbo engines, we have seven and men have two. Oi, oi, yeah. So I'm, I'm only getting that because I actually, you know, have known men who would like say to me, this is too much feeling. I'm having too many feelings. And I'm like, what is he even talking about? Like, yeah. this is the minimum, minimal feelings here. <laughs> even, even if you hear on our thinking, when we say, women say, I feel X. Right. Or I feel we should do X, Y, or Z, even if we're in a, in a work environment. But what do men say? I think we should do X, right. Y, or Z. Right. So the default for right. Man is I have an idea. Very, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Very cerebral, and the, for women, it's more about feeling. I have an idea. It just came to me. <laughs> This is a, a good conversation because, okay, I don't know if I, if I, I, I'm just gonna, you know, it came to me right now. But you know that so many of us think of men as the narcissist, right? Who has no feeling and he needs the supply of the woman who is the victim in order to get feelings because he doesn't have any because he's born like NPD. But the truth is very few people are actually, you know, medically certified NPD. We all have narcissistic traits, especially nowadays, you know, with social media and selfies and whatever. <laughs> um, so it's possible knowing this that they are not just being narcissistic pigs, but they really, you know, look at the woman who has this wealth of emotional experience and they want some of it. Like they want to feel that, you know, love or pain or I think that there is an element of fascination in the male of the species when they see that they are causing the female so much damn emotion and they don't feel it, but they like that they are causing it, right? And so I don't think that that necessarily comes from malevolence for you know, a majority of these men. Yes, they may have big egos or what, you know, we all have all kinds of stuff. Um, but it could be, again, this limitation, you know, that they cannot literally feel all that so they can only experience it by default, like by watching it, by by being near the woman who is experiencing it? Well, I think one of the things I think we overthink 
humanity too much sometimes. <laughs> you know, we, kinda, like, we overanalyze. Or maybe we overfeel. Overfeel, <laughs> overanalyze, you know. And and then a lot of times we, we get the outliers and we make the outlier like that is the norm. Mm -hmm. You know, certainly there's men who are yeah. pigs. You know, I mean, you think about Weinstein, you think about these guys that, that they have an, an, they've created like an institution out of, you know, taking, using, taking their advantage of women, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, mm -hmm. and then some women said yes, and then some women didn't, and like that, right? So, and you can get into the world of that. But this is that most men are not like that. You know, just like most women are not crazy, you know, dramatic, you know, psycho bitches that you can deal with. You know, that's not as at least that hasn't been my experience. We all have our peaks and valleys and ups and downs and all that. So I think at one point we have to like, again, from the myth to the reality of it, I think stop analyzing. I think, look, I don't want to be a woman. But I appreciate women. I think it's amazing. I'll never know what it is, even if I wanted to, what it is to be, uh, to have a baby grow inside of my stomach. You know, that is something that's so unique to women that is amazing. You know, it's one of the great mysteries of, of nature and, you right. know, that's wonderful. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, and it's very empowering. Thinking, what can I do to feel, you know, that, that child inside my belly? What, I, I don't do that, you know, because right. I, I think we have to understand that. Men are men and women are women. We're going to experience life differently. Can we learn from one another? Of course. Can we, can women be stronger? Can men feel more? Absolutely. But that's already there. However far we're going to go, it's already inherent inside of us. Well, do you as a man feel that there is a crisis of masculinity right now? Post Me Too, post Weinstein, post all of that? I, I think there is in the sense that I think men don't know where we fit. I think we've been taken away from the norm that we knew, that we thought existed. And then we're kind of like in this conundrum, and that's kind of like the work that I like to do with men, is I think part of it we owe to ourselves to step up as men. So we gotta be responsible. You know, with great power comes great responsibility. So if you are in a position of power, you gotta make sure that you don't yield that power loosely and that you take care of people. You know, if you're a man and you have kids, you know, if you were big enough to stick it in, then you should be big enough to pay for your kid's child support. You know, you don't leave women out there. doesn't mean that you necessarily have to stay together because if it wasn't a good idea to begin with, then it wasn't. You know, but then step up for your kids. Make sure you respect each other. If you expect respect from the women that you're with, then you have to dish out respect too, regardless of how she is with you. You know, so there's a world of personal responsibility. And as men, I think it's different. You know, it used to be that we had to take care of things and we said how it went and from the onset of women's liberation from the pill all the way to hygiene and and that now women are able to be out there in the world more with the advent of plumbing and and, and other things like i don't know like uh plumbing <laughs> we don't have women. to like wash the clothes all day at the at so the water well yeah. yeah i mean a lot of times we thought oh you know what is men are subjugating women uh i'm sure there must have been some of that and historically it has been but at the same time physiologically it was very difficult for a woman to be out and the workforce when every time she had sex, almost every time she got pregnant, yeah. then she had to take care of kids because what right. are you going to do? And then she was kids. bleeding all over the place once a month. And then you're bleeding all over the place and then there's the hygiene of that. There's yeah. a, so there were real yeah. physical limitations right. that had nothing Being to do the generator that. of life was physically yes. limiting that way. So with great responsibility, right? You are, mm -hmm. You're not responsible for this, but it's almost like a big burden as well. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until the advent of all these different technologies mm -hmm. that women actually were able to uh, um, to I don't want to say grow, but to to unleash themselves in society 
the right way, you know, and uh, and uh, not even the right way, but in a way that that really provided as much as she had to offer, you know, and almost to the, and I, I just, I so is it good? I mean, good, good and bad. I mean, those are silly words, but do you think that you know? Uh, female lib has actually been useful or do you think that it's causing all kinds of confusion and making both sides a little more <laughs> a little more unhappy I than think before anything that's taken to any extreme can cause an issue right so i you know i'm a powerful woman i'm a strong woman i believe in equality between the sexes and i don't have to prove that i'm better than a man or put men down or be the man in a relationship because there are gender roles in a relationship and going back to the neurobiology of it there are things that we each need right so i can be a feminine woman working in a world i don't see it as a man's world it's my world and i worked in a company before you know i've been doing this for 11 years and in my past life i worked at a company that when i joined it there was one other woman executive mm-hmm and at the end, when I left, there was a woman president in the company. So we're, we're, we've come a long way, maybe. We also have, I do think to some extent, we have, a, we have confused men. They don't know if to open the door, not open the door. You know, do I call her? Do I not call her? Do I, does she expect me to just like do this or that? And when do we have sex? Like, we have really confused men. Some women, for whatever reason, you said it, you know, some women, they're fine having sex with multiple partners. Not all women are like that. Most women actually mm-hmm. are not like that. So they're caught in it. We're caught in it with them. And this is why the work that we do is so important because what I have seen and what I have seen has destroyed not only marriages, but has kept smart, beautiful, intelligent, powerful women, career-driven women, successful women, single for a long time, is that they're operating so much in their masculine that they forgot that if, if, you, if you are a woman who wants to attract a man, what he is attracted to is your femininity. Men 100%. who are attracted. So, what is femininity? So, femin- there is a feminine energy, right? There's an openness, receptivity. There is, doesn't mean that you're weak. Doesn't mean you're passive. Doesn't mean you're passive. Mm. I'm not passive in my Michelle is never passive. <laughs> <laughs> I do know how to express myself in a way that I can say what I feel and I don't have to make a demand on him. Because I respect him and he talks to me the same way. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but I can, I can be, I don't have, like, for example, some people are going to cringe when I say this, but I can let him take care of all the finances. I have no problem with that. You know why? Because at 17, I was paying bills and I was paying them till 35 and I don't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. But I know where every penny goes. I know what's in there. I know where it goes. I don't have to be worried about having my own thing and him having his own thing. First of all, I trusted him enough to marry him. I'm not going to not trust him with what I have. And whether I brought more or less into the relationship when we got together is different. I mean, Mm -hmm. you have a lot and you're afraid somebody's going to take it from you, just get a prenup. Mm -hmm. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. You don't have to make it all about that. And and the partnership doesn't mean that she doesn't know where the finances are and she doesn't have to get a, doesn't have to say, have a say in it. Because on the contrary, I think part of it is we're so competing Mm -hmm. with each other that we forget to create a partnership and collaborate with each other. Yeah. And I think that's what's missing here. Yeah. I don't have to feel like a woman feels. I don't have to equate myself to a woman to be like what a woman is and, and she like me to appreciate who she is. Yeah. And to have us, you know, kind of like um you, you know, complement one another and yeah. then we collaborate, which is mm-hmm. what we work with in marriages is that mm-hmm. you wanna be collaborative with one another. You know? 
I say, look, Michelle, I'm going to take care of that. She doesn't have to worry about if something got paid this month because I said, I'm going to take care of the finances. I'm going to make sure that things get paid. We have a joint bank account. So, you know, I make sure, but she doesn't have to worry about that. Just like there's other things that I don't have to worry about. And right. it's just things that we both worry about, you know. Right. Right. Like, uh, hey, we need to buy toilet paper. I'll buy it sometimes, and sometimes she buys it. And then sometimes right. she gets on it with me because I see that there's toilet paper missing, and I don't go buy it. And then I'm kind of like expecting for her to buy it, you right. know? But well, little things I, I think, I think, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> like the toilet paper. I know, <laughs> I know, that's not the big problem. Um, but I, I would, I mean, I, I'm going to say, I think that there is a lot of confusion because it's such a historically still, recent development yes. right so it's very hard for people to know which role to play comfortably we women i mean both men and women i think get defensive easily you know men feel like they don't want to give up territory women feel like they have to make clear right away that they're not like the old type of woman they are the new type of woman so they're not taken for granted so they have their say so it and then a lot of it is unconscious, which is what we've been saying kind of consistently in our conversation, you know, how to make the unconscious conscious mm. uh, is the goal. So a lot of it seems to me that it's unconscious. So even some really strong women, when it comes to like romance and fall in love, make themselves into like a little girl or, you know, they have a few drinks and they become someone else. You know, they're like, they compliment the guy and they kiss his ass and they, you know, they have all these mannerisms. I mean, I have definitely a lot of friends who this happens to, they really cannot control it. It's their their mating language is very different from anything else that they engage in. And it's when they seem like most vulnerable and cutie, but it doesn't last. It's not like they do this 10 years later with the same guy when they're about to, let's say, have sex. No, it's the seduction mating stage. So there is like, there's still a remnant of that. You know, so th there are these like super strong, bossy women, and you would never know if you're a guy dating them that they are this way for a good like maybe six months. <laughs> you know, when you start like getting, um, and again, it's not, I, I don't think it's conscious, but it's very hard for women to know that fine line between, you know, I'm a feminist woman, I want equality, I want us to discuss everything, I want like honesty and respect and trust, and still be like sexy and hot and feminine and desirable, because like when you say these things, you're not, you, you know, it's like throwing cold water on the passion, so you avoid the topic because you don't want to like ruin the moment, and it all goes unsaid. And, you know, then by the time you actually get to say it, either it's too late because, you know, the, the, there have been like assumptions of who you are that are wrong. The disappointments have already occurred. <laughs> um, you know, so I think that there is a lot of, um, suffering and a lot of breakups that happen because people do not speak to each other. We don't, because there is no language that we're all equally comfortable with, you know. We, I mean, you, I'm sorry, you know, Arnie brought it up when he's, you know, you gave those specific examples and you said, you know, this is how you speak about our differences or this is how you apologize. And you actually, like, put it in quotes. And you said, you know, I, I am oh, sorry. Surprise. Yeah, no, just now, too, you said it, yeah. So I love that. Like, I think that's, you know, what... 
you know, all educators, coaches have to do is basically give people their cliff notes. This is how you like learn to say this, you know, and if both genders like get the same notes, there won't be all this misunderstanding. I think to a certain extent, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think that cliff notes are great, but first you have to do, this is, this is my belief and this is what I've seen as work. You've got to do the inner work first. Because if I give you a tactic, and this is what a lot of other coaches do, we don't do this. Um, we could give you some tips and tricks on how to improve communication. But if your underlying thing in saying all of that, going back to the example of your friend, is because she feels like a man is going to take advantage of her, that's what we really need to work on. Because where is that coming from? Because if you're already coming into a dating experience, I can't be myself. I have to pretend. If he knew that I was really this way, maybe I'll wait three months and then I'll tell him and let me see if he likes my friends. Like, And you keep repressing, repressing, repressing yourself. That is not going to lead to anything long lasting. And you might even get to a relationship and you might even get a ring on your finger and into I a know, marriage, but is I it going to last? So I think that first all of us getting where are our fears really coming from and are they real and if they're not then let's replace them with beliefs that actually empower us mm-hmm. that are authentic to us so that when i'm sitting in front of a man and i'll have to tell you when i first saw arnie <laughs> when i say this i'm gonna say it anyway i the first thought i had the first thought is that mm-hmm. is the most beautiful man i've ever seen oh second thought and it was, was love at true sight I, well it was it was definitely chemistry at true sight. Yeah. The thought was, I'm not even going to be his friend right now. And this is when I first saw him because I was just working on me for the first time. Like, why do I always have to have a guy in my life? That's, That's a very good. Question, yeah, right? yeah. 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 So I could, I can understand that, but I didn't, from the very beginning, I was myself. Now, sometimes that didn't work being myself. And what I've learned in going back to the, to the way that I could tell him, anything that's on my mind. Now, I could tell him and anybody anything that's on my mind, understanding that A, you do not have to agree with me. B, I'm not here to convince you. And C, I'm gonna focus on what I feel, what I believe, and it's not up to you to validate that for me. Mm-hmm. So I can tell him, you know, we were having a conversation yesterday, just, I, I really, I'm somebody who needs my me time. I'm a twin, identical twin. So since before I was born, I've been sharing with somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think that that's where it comes from, that at least one day a week, I just need to be by myself. That does not mm. mean that I don't love my husband and I don't love being with him. Mm. I need that for me. And I can have that conversation with him. And then we can, can say, talk honey, about it. And, and with can it, I have the room to myself? Actually, <laughs> there's one night a week where I am just going to stay up all night. I don't know why, but I like to stay up all night watching movies, TV, reading, doing whatever I want, especially if I've had a really long day. And sometimes my days can be really long. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a conversation about that, we- you know, and, and expressing to him that doesn't have anything to do with me not wanting to be with you. That has to be with me wanting to be with me. Right. So it doesn't, I don't minimize myself. And this is something, you know, and we'll talk about it later, the event that I was talking to you about, that we're going to yeah. talk a lot. We're going to spend three days talking about how can you really become your authentic self? How do you communicate in a way that men can hear you and anybody can hear you without you having to come across so bossy? Because I'll tell you, one of the things that these, like you were saying, these, you know, powerful women, you want to turn a man off, be controlling. You want to turn them up twice as fast? Be dramatic. There <laughs> <So laughs> yes. are two things, that, and, and Arnie can speak more about that. They are like that. killers for men. Now, that doesn't mean that a man is not super turned on by a powerful woman, because they are. It's very, very especially if a man is confident himself, 
he's going to be turned on by a powerful woman who knows who she is, who's up to something. Who challenges your mind. Yeah. I mean, who challenges the way you think. You know, if you're, if you're a guy and you're up to big things in the world, you need somebody. Here's one thing that women don't, I'm not going to say women, but sometimes we don't communicate properly. When we come home, if you're with someone, that woman that you're with, right, as a heterosexual guy, it's important that you get that support. We get so beat up out in the real world. You know, making decisions, making sure that the other guy doesn't get in front of you if you're doing a business deal, uh, making sure that you make the sale if that so it comes, you know, you pay the bills or you, you're able to buy that, uh, go on that vacation, whatever it is, you know, you, you have so many things that you have to produce results for. That it's great to come home and have an environment where you feel supported at the very least. If you come home and what you get is questioning you or, or anything like that that's debilitating, it's horrible. And there's nothing that debilitates a man more than the woman he loves. I can get criticism from you. I can get criticism from anybody. But if I come home and then Michelle criticizes me, that criticism is going to have that much more of an effect on me than anything else. I guess the thing we can Yeah, because you're wide open. Huh? Because you're open. Yeah. 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 And, she, and, and her, her opinion matters. Mm -hmm. Her opinion of me matters. Right, but also it's your own. safe space. Like you're not in war mode. You've taken off your armor. That's exactly right. You're relaxing, so it gets mm -hmm. to you. Yeah, it really does. So as a guy, it's important that that you get that kind of validation, that kind of support from women. It doesn't mean that you're passive. It doesn't mean that you, she she challenges me sometimes, but in a way that's productive. Asks me a lot of questions that has me think differently. Oh yeah, I could have done that differently, or I could have done this, or I could have done that. What doesn't work is telling people what to do, particularly when you tell a guy what to do, you know, or nag on how to do things, you know. So it's uh, it's important that we find where the the differences are, and how we again collaborate with one another versus not. And just to the point of uh, maybe the lady when when you mentioned the woman that you know when you go on a date, I think I think so many times, and this is just an opinion, right? The women's liberation woman has also robbed women of that gushiness, of that sweet spot of what it is to be like a woman. You know, to be taken care of, but in a good way, not taken care of because you're less than, but taken care of out of respect, out of the queen that you are. You know, that you come home and you're loved and appreciated and I open the door. I don't open the door because Michelle cannot open the door. I open the door out of respect for her. Because I don't want her to, to, I don't know, mess up her nails. Or See, that's like very, door. very old-fashioned for me, I'm just going to say right now. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't know what the fuck to do when the door is open. I'd be like, what? <laughs> you know, as a guy, I get Oh, off. my God, I can open the door. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. It would be a little much for me. Well, listen, for me as a guy, I'm a guy, and I can open my own door, right? And yes, you can. can. <laughs> Lucky for you. To open your own door kind of thing, right? But you know what? If there's a guy in front of me, he opens the door, or a woman for that matter, and slams it on my face, I think that's rude. Oh yeah, that's rude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super rude. Yeah. yeah. We and can me, open the pleasure. door for each other, when I, I exactly. would hope. When yeah. I open the door, so when I open the door for a woman, or I open a door for Michelle, or if I open up a door for another guy, it's an act of gentility, of being... No, it's super sweet. sweet. But I mean, for me personally, it feels a little awkward if I'm in the car, and we're parked, and I know, because you know, you get to know a guy's ways, that I have to sit here, you're restless, waiting for him to come all the way around and open the door. And then, of course, I get self-conscious because I'm like, he's right there watching. Like, and then I'm like, I'm, I think I'm going to like 
roll out of the car by accident or something. So I lose my own natural pace because I'm on the spot and I, I think, okay, I gotta come down like a lady. What would the, like, how, how would the foot come down to be lady? Like, it's a little too much pressure. So you're overthinking it. You're the, <laughs> I'm so overthinking it because it, because it's not coming, na- like, you know, it's not natural anymore. It's like the 21st century. So, I mean, it's, it's, I'd much rather be opening the door for the guy. Uh-huh. Honest to God. <laughs> well, this is what we were talking about, right? This is where we get confused. And it's, look, if it's not a big deal for you, I love the hate. I love You love it. 15 years, it opens the door for me. Like, that for me is like... You guys with the door opening? Uh, I do. I open the door. And I don't think... But I open the door for my mom, too. Yeah. And your sister. You know, and for my sister. And it's not because they can't. It's me being deferential to them. Like, the status that they have in my life. I want to take care of No, I like that. I like that. So it's kind yeah. of like contextual, right? It's not, so it's never like, oh, I can't do it myself. Of course you can. Of course you can. Okay. You know? So when you go places together, who drives? <laughs> I usually drive. You drive? And there's yeah. times that she drives, but you know, it's funny. We don't even think about it. Uh-huh. I usually take the drive. If I drink a little bit too much, then she definitely says, I'm driving. Mm-hmm. And then if we're both <laughs> drinking, it's Uber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, but it, that might be a standard, like societal standard, but it's not like if she wants to drive, I have a problem with her driving, you know, on the contrary, you know. So I think this part of like the more is that we've talking about, it's like the confusion is, oh, if the guy wants to do for me, then that, it, that implies that I can't do for myself. And nothing could be further from the truth, on the contrary. And the guy, it's almost like I think, look, as a guy, sometimes I like to be taken care of. You know, so I'm sure that as a woman, it might be great for a woman. I've never been a woman in my life, but to feel taken care of, to feel that I can just sit back, because that's what I hear from moms all the time. My God, if I could just sit back and have somebody take care of the kids and do all the stuff that I'm doing in a million, you know, a million times. So why not be taken care of if the guy wants to take care of you, but not because you can't and you're less than, but because you deserve that. And nobody really has permission to make me feel like I'm less than anyway, unless I give it to them. So if... I've never felt like that, but if I, for whatever reason, felt that it, there was something that was being done in a degrading way, he's never been that way, but I wouldn't have no problem saying, you know what, that doesn't feel right to me. And so that's, but that comes from, and it's not perfection because I make my mistakes. There's no like angel wings underneath this black blouse, right? I, I make my mistakes, but I've become so conscious about this from the that's it, right? that it does become second nature. So that's why for us it's really important to share this with other people because Mm -hmm. it's it's great that it works for us but we know that there are people who want to be in great relationships and they're struggling and they're suffering because they don't have the skills they don't understand why they keep making the same mistake over and over again even though they know it doesn't work even though they know it ends fine for three months and then he's gonna disappear and he's gonna ghost out but we keep doing the same thing why because we don't have an alternative we don't have something else that we've unlearned or learned to be able to have what we really want in our hearts and for many women we don't even express what we really want because we think that right. I want to be in a relationship means that we're something less than too exactly I don't need a man I want a man in my exactly life. and if yeah. I want it I'm yeah say it right exactly no I think that's beautiful and as you said you know I mean I think you were saying it Agni that we change we evolve you know we we change what we like to eat we change our favorite colors the way we dress you know our politics all kinds of stuff so we don't you know we are going to change and grow in our relationships if we are in those long-term relationships Mm -hmm. so yeah you have to like kind of keep always you know honing the skills and being attentive and allowing space 
for each other to like change and grow and figure out how you are together. Yeah. So it's not something that like you're like born knowing. <laughs> Which yeah, but we think it is. You know, we think like okay, I'm alive. I know how to be with people. Not at all. Yeah, no, not at all. And I think a lot of times we don't. We should take a tip from nature. You know, there's a reason, or at, le- at the very least, it works that we evolved. We got to where we're at, given the differences that we have as a man and as a woman. And I think we forget that we complement one another, you know. And so instead of uh, rejoicing in that and instead of getting more interested in what makes me a woman different from a guy and what makes me a guy different from a woman. And, yeah, of course, we have equality under the law and, and we have equal minds and and but but even in, in in reality that's not even true because there 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 are scales of uh, of intellectual prowess between men and the same with women just like there's a strength you know there's guys that are a hundred times stronger than I am and then there's guys that are not you know so we're different and I think that's a good thing you know I think that's how, and, and as sexes we have to uh, applaud the differences that we are you know and if you're a woman maybe the woman that drinks a little bit and then and, and then becomes a good like a little girl and becomes giggly and fun and and a little bit vulnerable, maybe that's her real sense. Maybe that's the feminine coming out. You know, and it doesn't mean that you don't get to protect yourself. It doesn't mean that you don't get to be smart because obviously you're out there dating and you don't know who the guy across from you or two seats down is. But let your feminine go. Just like a guy, step up. You know, don't go out on a date. I'm kind of like old-fashioned like that. Oh, yeah, I know. Drink. I have noticed that. <laughs> you know, but pay for the freaking drink. You know? <laughs> At least the first one, obviously, you know, yeah. this day, things are costly, right? So if you start to date each other and, you know, it might be like, hey, you know, I'll take, I'll get it this time or let's go half season this time around because, you know, it got really expensive because it's gone out three times this, this month or whatever, or even this week, right? So you get to have those conversations, but at least at the beginning, step up, you know, tell this woman, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm different than all the other guys. And here's why, because I love you, because I respect you, or at least I'm going to treat you like the princess that you are, even though we've known each other for two days, you know? As a guy, if you sit, I mean, nobody wants to sit like with a guy that doesn't know what he's going to do. Where do you want to go on a date? Oh, I don't know. I tell guys, you know, I have three plans. Tell her, what do you like to eat? And then if you're going to go on the date, then there's this restaurant that's the best. I don't know. You like to have Cuban? I'm going to have three Cuban restaurants that we can go to. One close to your house, one that's the, the best. Or if you like, uh, if you like sushi and you like Italian, I'm going to have a restaurant that we're going to go to. Now, guess who, who picked the restaurant? You did. But then I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some options here. This is where the collaboration comes. But it's good that I, I hate that conversation. Where do you want to go? I don't know where you want to go. I don't know where you want to go. I know. <laughs> I know that is just, that, it just yeah, it's crazy, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're overthinking. So anyway, it's I a ball breaker. But um, I don't I don't know if it's overthinking. It's like one is passing the responsibility to the other, you know, hoping to like please the other, but also secretly not wanting to bother. You know, wanting to like not deal with it and please women. Well, I do think that women, for sure, women, uh, you know, like men who will take charge in that way, who'll be like, you know, I'll be at your place at such and such time. I'll take you or I'll drive. We'll go to this, you know, and then she can say yes or no, but there is something concrete and that, that specific, uh, you know, offer or invitation tells her that he's interested. And we both, both sexies I think want to feel that they're special you know that they are they have more the other is interested in them more than anyone else however of a fallacy that might be (laughs) especially in the beginning you know you have to give that impression that there is something unique yeah to motivate 
Yeah, and, and women bring uh, a very different view of life than I can experience as a man. You know, so when we think about femininity and masculinity, you know, if I, if I, if I want to go out with a masculine woman, I'll just go out with my guy friends. And, <laughs> and watch know, the and game we'll at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Which a lot of women yeah. in the friend zone, they don't realize they're being like the buddy because they're being so masculine in their way of being. Mm. Now, I can be feminine and wear a, a, and, and go to a football game. That's not the point. It's when you're bring. We, we all, men and women, we both have masculine and feminine in us. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So what's going to attract the masculine man is the femininity. But when I start telling him what to do, trying to control him, oh, here's what we're going to go on Friday night. Now, if he's the kind of guy, like you said, who, who likes to take charge because that's part of what he expresses his masculinity, and there's a woman who doesn't give him the opportunity to do that, he's going to be turned off by her. So what we train the women who come to our events to do is let him take the lead. You're leading all day. You're leading people. You're leading children. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially the children. Yeah, right. Here's the other side of that. The guy's going to take the lead, but what does the guy want? He wants to please his woman. So what am I going to I may take the lead on the restaurant that we're going to go on, the options, but guess who's going to pick which restaurant we're going to go to? You are. Well, you know, maybe. Or, or That's like, up yeah, to the guy. I've known a hell of a lot of guys well, who just go where they want to go, yeah, which is that, fine. I mean, who cares? I'm not surprised because I think I'm going to please you, please you, right? I guarantee you that no guy wants to ever take a woman on a date where she's sitting there saying, this was horrible. True. I guarantee you that. <laughs> yeah. Now, there might be some misses, yeah. right? Oh, I, I miss yeah. her. I thought you like sushi and, and you're yeah. vegan. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? But for the most part, so but this is kind of like the play, right? It's kind of like, yeah, the guy will take charge, but the guy wants to take charge in pleasing the woman, you know? So it's not like I'm going to take charge. Of course, there's the outliers. There's the guys that don't think about anybody but themselves, right? But then that's not the standard. And that's if you go out on a date with a guy that doesn't, care about you that doesn't like didn't ask you what you like to eat where you like to go what you would like to see and just does everything without so much as getting interested in you that's good information you want to know that yeah you want to know surprise you but i want to surprise you something that you're gonna like not something you're not gonna mm -hmm, like. exactly yeah so how many dates before sex <laughs> on average Oh, Do you advise? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll tell you. Um, Maybe she'll lose the sex. I'll just tell you. For there's no number of set of of issues. You, some people say you know six weeks, six dates, or two months, or what. This is what I would say, and this is what I tell my clients. When you want to be in a committed relationship, you want to stand for that. If you, and the women who come to our programs, they, they want do that, right? right. Yeah. So have sex with somebody who you know what their plan for you is in their life. So mm. he's just dating you. So no sex until you know if he's serious. Committed. If it's a committed relationship, he's committed to you, and he you never have to ask him where it's going because men will tell you when you're in a committed relationship. They're not going to say we're in a committed relationship. They'll say something like, "I don't want to see anybody else but you." Um, he'll start introducing you to his friends as your my girlfriend. Um, there will be clear signs for sure. Signs. You won't have to wonder. If you're wondering, you're still not in. <laughs> you're not. You're not there. Why is that? Because, and I and I know we we talked about the women who can have sex and and it's just sex. And some people are like that. Most women are not. We become very bonded every time we have sexual intercourse, particularly if we have orgasm with oxytocin being released, the bonding hormone. So you're putting yourself at emotional risk, not to mention, you know, if you don't take care of your, to protect yourself, all other kinds of risks, but don't risk more than you have to. And if you're dating multiple people, you don't want to be sleeping with all of them because that's also your, 
Oh yeah. Genetically, you are. Yeah, that's just emotionally very confusing. Yeah, that person leaves a piece of them. Uh, there was a study that was just done, right? Remember that? Piece of them in you. So it's not about being old-fashioned. It's really about I'm gonna be with somebody who I know wants to be with me. We can hang. We can not even hang out because I hate that term. We're gonna date. We can go out as for as long as you want. If you wanna, if if you wanna be with me and I wanna be with you. There'll be a commitment, and at that point, I'll go. So, if the guy makes the move after the second date, which is very common, well, she says. Well, the guy will make the move on the first date if he has a chance. Oh yeah, he will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Then so, what does she say? She Do you have it? Say, I'm, you know, I'm not ready, and then again, I'm not ready, and then again, I'm not ready. Oh, you're it's too soon for you. Yeah, I, I actually don't have sex until I'm in a committed relationship. Okay. But, you know, that, that I'm would have the to guy. you too. You want to let him know if you're attracted to him. I'm attracted to you too, but that's just my preference. And then what? No, and that would have the guy think, because part of, I think part of the, the the game of the guy is, of course, you want look. If it was up to us, we would have sex with every woman we're attracted to, right? But at the same time, there's that old adage, you know, then then you don't want to be, then you don't want the wife, the girl that you're with, to have had sex with all the guys before you, you know? Right. Kind of thing. So it's like, hey, you know, you want your cake and eat it too, kind of thing, right? <laughs> But I think that would the men would respect double standard. You. I remember <laughs> back in the day, I think it was like 25 years ago or something like that. When I first started dating, there was this girl I was very attracted to. Uh, we used to be at the gym together, and I asked her on a date, and she was flat out told me on the first day. She says, "You know what? Any other time, we would leave here and we'll go have sex, but I'm in a point in my life where I only have sex." with someone I'm committed to and someone that's going to be committed to me. It has nothing to do with you personally. That was the first time I ever heard that. <laughs> but I was taken aback. I was like aghast at the uh, missed opportunity <laughs> of who I thought was this Casanova. And at the same time, I was I was filled with respect. I was like, this is a woman. I'm even more attracted to her because she respects herself. And this is a woman that knows what she wants. And every guy wants that. And by the way, if you sell the cow, if you give it away for free, I'm going to be less likely... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was saying, right? Was it, yes, uh, yes, cow? yes, I, I yes. I to insult <laughs> half the people who were listening. <laughs> yeah, why buy the car when you can get the milk for free? You know, That's it's right. an awful way of saying it, maybe, but it, it does point to some to, to a fact. You know, if I'm with you, then see, here's the deal. You'll know, and I know this from from Michelle listening to her. If you take the sex part of it, which is so it's still there for everybody, right? Then you know whether he really likes you or not beyond the sex. Is he interested in your intellect? Is it interesting in you as a person? Does he enjoy your company? Or is it that he's just horny and he wants to have sex with somebody? You take the sex apart, all those questions get answered right away very simply. And then, and for me, me as a woman, I have my mind completely clear. So I know why I'm with you too. Like when I have sex with someone and I get now more emotionally attached, this is where it's very possible to start avoiding the red flags that show up exactly it's, it's where i start making concessions true where i would not make concessions right yes why because i've already attached myself Com to the yes exactly so now the thing that i know would have had me walk out now i'm a little hesitant and the other thing that happens too is then a woman starts to make this be the relationship why because now she's only sleeping with this one person so now it has to work out right much and there's definitely an, a, you know a difference again since this is your thing you know in the sexes there's a big difference between allowing someone to come inside you and kind of like invade your private space yeah. instead of like going inside someone else and then pulling out and you know, it's just the, the commitment level is very different the physicality of yeah it is very, physically yeah, on the very physical absolutely. yeah on the 
on the physical body part, it's just the woman make, is so much more vulnerable than the man, uh, you know, sexually, especially in the beginning. So yeah, we already have committed more than they have by having sex with them, because mm -hmm. that's just how we're anatomically built. Yeah. That's right. Um, and, and, you know, I know that you said like everybody can have sex, but it's actually, you know, once you feel comfortable and the sex is good and, I don't know if you give advice on that. I say you have to try quite a few times, like at least half a dozen times before you can even like have a judgment on whether sexually you have chemistry and it's working. Um, because to begin with, you know, he's sleeping with you the way he slept with like his last girlfriend or person, this, whatever he knows about the general female body and not you, right? So it takes time and you also learn as, as you go. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, by the, by the end of that trial, let's say time, you have given him so much. So you have like six, you, you've got to the point where the sex is good finally. So as you say, that's when it starts this kind of like delusion and willful self-deception and, you know, uh, stretching your boundaries and making your, you know, hard limits into soft limits and, and, you know, finding excuses and you, you know, kind of like using up all of your empathy in ways that are self-defeating, that are self-sabotaging. Yeah. A lot of times when women say, I don't, you know, one of the fears, especially if, if a woman had her heart broken and now she's going back out there again, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to lose myself. Well, you never lost yourself. You gave yourself mm, away. That's right. Yeah. It's owning that. Like I gave myself away. Why did I? What was it that was running me that had me say, I can't really stand for who I am and what I want here. You can answer those questions and you're not going to make that mistake again the next time, particularly if you really resolve that you don't, and it's not about judging what you've done in the past. You're not going to get anything out of that. It's actually going to be counterproductive for you to judge yourself. It's about owning it, taking responsibility for having done it and the consequences that that brought and now taking responsibility for making more conscious mindful choices that are aligned with your values and your boundaries so that when you go out with him you're actually there because he can't fall in love or rise in love i'm gonna steal that thing. <laughs> rise Good. in love yeah. with you if you're not there mm -hmm. and then that's why people then go oh my gosh they turn into a completely different person mm -hmm. you did it yeah you turn into a completely different person yeah there's a there's an aspect of the of the uh, dating dynamics that I, I love that Michelle brings up in, in in her sessions, and that is, a lot of times when you're dating, you know, particularly for for the woman, she's like, "Is he gonna like me? Am I gonna be the one? Am I, you know? How about you turn that around and you go out with him several times to see if he's the one for you, right. if you're interested in him, right? Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, it's kind of like, mm -hmm. if you think about it, it's a, kind of like a job interview. Mm -hmm. You know, the guy goes out, you know, you'll see that when the guy goes out with a woman, he's going to invite you first. You guys will go out a couple of times. And then at some point, he's going to bring you in with his friends. But that doesn't mean that your girlfriend, he's <laughs> just checking to see if you fit inside of his world. Oh, yeah. That's what we're doing that. I may say, hey, let's, uh, let's go on a vacation together. And the woman might think, oh, my God, that's it. <laughs> and no, I'm just thinking, is this going to be a match? Is this going to be something that might work out? And so be cognizant of that as a, as a woman, but, you know, take on the dating as this is for you too. I don't know if you want to add a little yeah. bit. I think that's, yeah. that's exactly where, where the focus should be. It's because it's about 
so many women, you know, and they're not to criticize it, but they're waiting for somebody to choose them rather than realizing. Yes, yes, yes. I think that's like one of our main topics today, as it turned out, which is very important. Yeah. To make the right choice, you have to know who you are. Yeah. Well, you know, I started this podcast very, very specifically, if I'm going to like pinpoint the moment when I realized we've finally been granted, we women have finally been granted for the first time in written history, the power of consent. So, it, you know, it, I thought this is extraordinary. You know, we don't even understand what e- extraordinary moment we're in because we really get to say yes, you know, yay or nay. We didn't for so long, and then when we had the sexual revolution, it was also such a gray area. It was like, very much reactive. Yeah, it was exactly. Yeah, yes. you just kind of like felt that in order not to be repressed, you kind of gave your body away without knowing agency or consent, because that made you like you know liberated, but it alienated you completely from your body. You know, in in a sense, you were like pimping it out because you. Uh, because you didn't, you know, you were not aware of whether or not you wanted to be with someone. You just yes. kind of went with it. Yeah. yeah. So sad, right? Um, but we've all d- done it or at least have been in that, in that space in our youth. And I feel that having consent finally gave women the understanding that we get to choose. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we extend that to the entirety of our relationships. Mm-hmm. We get to choose, we get that agency to choose the men that we want to be with, you yes. know, the man who we would like to, uh, you know, impress, mm-hmm. but not because he wants us, not because he, you know, has picked us and we w- were like uh, flattered, but the reverse. Yeah. So there, that's beautiful. And I really think it's revolutionary. And I think, I mean, I, you know, I, I really respect um, what you guys do and the value of what you do because it takes people away from like the nonstop psychology. I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to like necessarily knock psychology, but I think it emphasizes what we were saying earlier. You know, my parents, my my aunt, my aunt, I was treated this way. The blame, blame, blame. The you know, victim, victimhood, repeating always that kind of like sorry tale. So, it, it, on an action level, it's not so useful. And what you do is actually useful. You know, you're giving the tools, you're saying, take the psychology out of it for the moment, because we don't have time for that. <laughs> it doesn't serve you. Like right. Just as a point of reference, not the reason behind. Right. Yeah. You live in your moment in this world of ours. Your time is, you know, relatively short. Mm-hmm. And the, for me, the access to that for women is their, fem- their femininity. There's so much power when a woman is feminine and assertive at the same time. That's like, it's so alluring. Because a guy doesn't want to be with a, a heterosexual guy, as you say, right? Mm-hmm. A guy doesn't want to be with a guy. A guy wants to be with a woman. That's, that's different from what he's got. And it doesn't make it better or less. It's just different, you know? And women who are feminine and assertive at the same time, it's such a powerful combination that that's where you fall in love. What, what happens that's, is that we, many times women, we confuse assertiveness for aggressiveness. Right. And, you know, being, we, we've lost the ability to be gracious and have become entitled. And so we need to get back to, that's what we mean by femininity, allowing that to come out. There's nothing that I, I deserve to be treated with respect. And I'm not entitled to force somebody to feel something they don't feel for me, give me something they're not willing to give, commit to something they're not willing to commit to right now. 
And if that, if I can be so solid in my relationship with myself that that's where I'm coming from, um, then the person on the other side doesn't have to feel threatened or challenged in a, in a way that it's like, now this is work, right? This is going to be hard work. Mm -hmm. Instead, you know, men are out there all day, slay, you know, we call it slaying the dragon all day. <laughs> what? They have to like take the next sword out and the next shield to protect themselves. What they do want though is someone who is not behind them, but beside them and can, can bring out the best in him. He's bringing out the best in her. And together, they're creating something. Mm -hmm. Whether yeah. that is making a difference in the world, in the world of relationships, or whether that is raising children that are going to be good people, good citizens in the world, and make the own difference that they were created to make in the world. Yeah. And the last thing for guys is just for us to be responsible for what we got. Responsible for our history, responsible for what we bring to the table now. Responsible for creating the partnership with women, but really stepping up. And stepping up to, yeah, uh, take care, but not take care because you can't. But take care because women deserve it, you know, and step up and be the guy and lead mm -hmm. if you need to. And sometimes leading is letting the woman lead sometimes because that's what's necessary, you know. But uh, having a plan, knowing what there is to do. Don't be caught with your pants down, so to speak, you know. Right. Uh, be responsible. If right. you take an action and there's, a, there's, a, there's an impact of that action, do something about that. You know, because that's, uh, that's what has you be a man. That's... I don't know how else to say it. It's I love everything you said. <laughs> I'll up. just add for the, for, the male, <laughs> for the male listeners and watchers that one of the things that women find the most attractive in men is confidence for sure, but it's integrity. That we can count on you to be who you say you are, do what you say you're going right. to do, yeah. show up how you say you're going to show mm -hmm. up. That, that is going to create in us feeling safe and secure, which allows us to be more vulnerable Mm -hmm. Which, and without vulnerability, there's really no true intimacy. Mm -hmm. True. So it's a true. Side, and definitely consistency, you know. So like mm -hmm. being true, I think, and honest to yourself and, and to each other, but especially to yourself, because if you think, okay, I'm gonna man up and I'm gonna get her, you know, and I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna plan it all and I'm gonna do it all right, and, and but it's not really who you are, mm -hmm. and then she realizes that down the line, it kind of like all falls apart mm -hmm. anyway. So unless you're that kind of man, you might as well present yourself as, you know, closer to who you really are. Mm -hmm. um, or do the work. With, with right. Or become that kind of man. <laughs> become more and more. Yeah. Whatever's blocked. That man. Yeah. And it might be for another podcast, but I, I think also <laughs> you got to communicate. Mm -hmm. Talk to each other. Mm -hmm. Ask for what you want, but don't demand. I think demanding is going to get you in the wrong place. But if you can ask for something, ask for what you need. Communicate what your needs are, and everything is workable in a, in a conversation. As yeah. long as there's respect present, there's intimacy, vulnerability, and there's a real intent on each side to really fulfill what the other one's looking for. Exactly, and don't assume, right? Not not to assume that like the next time will be easier or better. You know, so right now I think it's very, you know, it seems to people easy to just kind of like end something mm -hmm. and try again with someone else. But really, if you have and done the work in yourself you're just going to repeat the same scenario yes right i yeah. was uh, i was talking to a, a client this morning and i was uh telling her what i heard from a gentleman sitting across from me uh i think it was 20 years ago he had married he, he was on his third wife and he said to me if i would have known what i knew today i wouldn't have gotten divorced in the first place wow 
because it kept yeah. making the same mistake because people notice, mm-hmm. oh, you know, it's like, oh, it's, I picked the wrong partner. Yeah, that could be it. You didn't do your homework, but half the time is because you have your shortcomings that you're not aware of or you don't want to be aware of or you don't want to be responsible for. Life is not happening to you. What is it our Winfrey says? It's happening for you. So be responsible. That's beautiful, yeah. And do what you got to do. Right. In order to have things work out. Yeah. But notice what you bring into yeah. the table. Yeah. I completely agree. I think that's also like a nice kind of closing up um, point. I mean, what I've done in this podcast is very much exactly advocate this, but from the sexual point of view. So you're the relationship <laughs> experts. But that's what I say, you know, speak and say what you need. Be honest. It's verbatim what you say, but when it comes to sex, in order to have a happier sex life, right? Yeah, because so, man, there's nothing worse than bad sex. <laughs> somebody that you like and care for? Yeah. Jeez, yeah. this is horrible. I know, right? <laughs> but it's so hard for people to talk about it. You know, I mean, the, the, one of the ironies of our lives is that it's easier to have sex than talk about yeah, sex. Talk about sex. Yeah. How, how crazy is that? Yeah, you, it's easier for people to take off all their clothes. <laughs> and like, what we're going to put on then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then just say like, you know, I like it this way. You know, I've never tried X, 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 Y, Z. You know, have you done this? Whatever. You know, this is how my vagina works or whatever the particular, you know, it's just so frightening to people. <laughs> Well, with your show, hopefully are opening up. People are opening up. Yeah, so thank you thank for inviting you. us. No, thank I mean, you. This, so this was a wonderful, you know, enlightening conversation. Before we go, uh, tell me a little bit about how people can get in touch with you. So, Michelle. So we're um, we're having an event here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, May seventeenth. 18th and 19th it's called the irresistible woman it is just for women and it's going to be about what we've talked about today Mm -hmm. i mean really everything that we talked about today is going to be touched upon it is for the that powerful strong woman who wants to experience as much success in her love Mm -hmm. life as she's experiencing in other areas of her life and it's for both single women and also for women in relationships so to be able to come to the event you need to register and you can go to www.irresistiblewomanlive.com and for the listeners of your podcast we'll do something special um if they use the code IWL2019 altogether that ticket is usually a $500 ticket right now it's going up at the end of this week but i think it's 147 and they can get it for 199 for 99 oh wow you'll be able to come to wow. the event they do have to use that code though, otherwise we won't know right. that they're getting Can you get the, the discount. Code again? Yes, it's IWL twenty nineteen. Wonderful, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and how do and for me the easiest way is Instagram. Okay. Uh, at yes. Arnie Rosa, A R N I E R O Z A. Uh like me on Instagram, you know, follow me and then shoot me all the A DM you know, or either contact mm-hmm. you directly mm-hmm. or please mm-hmm. give me some ideas of what to talk about and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff and mm-hmm. then we'll take it from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if women wanna connect with me, they can go on um www.heartsdesireintl.com and if they wait two seconds a little box will pop up that says ready for love and you just put in your information and then you are information and then it'll yeah. send me um you can pick a, a date and a time to talk that works for you so that we can answer any questions that you have 
Wonderful. Well, thank you for coming. Thank you for all the wisdom and thank you for taking the time to speak to everyone out there. I appreciate it. And it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank for you. Us. You're welcome. Well. Our pleasure. And thank you for having this kind of podcast. So needed in the world. So necessary. So thank you for facilitating such an important conversation. It's awesome. And thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for trusting me as your sex whisperer here on Jolt Radio. And until we speak again next Friday, speak sex. Ciao. Make love incessantly, I would be God.